0: So, so, wow, wow, so, so, so Hello friends welcome to the SOS podcast I'm your host Carl Thanks for joining me again this week Now it's been a while since I've posted anything new been feeling a little dry a little busy as well but I read a story this week that kind of got my my brain working we'll say. There's a really old tree in Great Britain. I think it's right around Hadrian's Wall. The tree's, I don't know, 200, 300 years old, something like that. Famous tree. It's been in movies. Tourists go up there, take pictures of it, take pictures around it. It's a pretty well-known landmark in that area. Well, recently, someone cut down that tree. This is a really historical landmark for that area. The tree's seen a lot more than any person alive has seen, although trees don't see, but you know what I mean. It's been there for a while. So I'm reading this article and people in the area who are familiar with the landmark were interviewed for their thoughts. Now, I don't know all the details. I don't know if this was just some you know young kid who had a little too much to drink and thought this would be a funny prank. I'm not really sure how the tree came down. I don't know motives, nothing like that. What I do know is that one response from a local was to say that this person who cut down this tree could not be forgiven, which I thought was super extreme. And what the person actually said was, if nature had caused the tree to come down, we could forgive that. That's just a natural occurrence. But this person intentionally taking down this tree that has been around for so long, that we cannot forgive. And I wondered to myself, in what world in what universe, in what realm, in what dimension, do we get to the point where we say that a human being has no value? Because when you say someone can't be forgiven, what you're saying is like, they don't get a second chance, they're done. So a human being has no value because of what that person has done to a tree, to a piece of nature, a creation of gods, yes, but a creation that has no feelings, has no soul. This is a tree. Now, if we look at the Bible, we can see examples of all kinds of false worship happening way back when and also happening now. These things haven't ended. If we look at Romans chapter one, believe after verse 18, the Bible talks about different types of false worship, idol worship that will happen. They also have happened. It talks about people creating idols that look like other people and worshiping those. It also talks about people creating idols that look like creatures and worshiping those. Now when we read this passage, I think there's certain things that come to mind. Obviously, we think about things like statues of Buddha that people worship. I think in India there was some big festival that just ended, and I saw a picture this morning on the news of this huge idol of this god that was being paraded down the streets. And I don't know, these things like 20, 30 feet tall. People are crowding around. Tons of people, crowds everywhere, just worshiping this idol in the form of this god that looks like a person, but not really. You also have people today who worship things like snakes certain birds cats it's all creepy it's all weird it's all deception it's all destructive it all points to one end it's all designed geared to one thing which is to keep us from god and lead us to not eternity with him but separation from him when we read those scriptures we see clearly what these types of idolatry look like But one thing we can really lump in there when we think about people worshiping creatures instead of their creator is people worshiping creation generally instead of its creator. People who worship the land. If you've ever heard the term Mother Nature, you know what I'm talking about. We use it as children very innocently. In school, I remember that was kind of a common answer. When we'd ask certain things in science class, we're in third grade, fourth grade. We're not getting too involved in the sciences. So we would ask certain things about, you know, how do these animals have instincts to know to do certain things that no one actually taught them to do? Yet they know how to do these things for survival, let's say. They know how to hunt. They know how to find shelter. They know what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat. How do these animals know this? And a common answer we would get would be, you know, Mother Nature It's just the natural order of things. And you get this idea of kind of like this fairy godmother ruling over everything. But Mother Nature really isn't about a woman in charge of nature. It's about nature herself being this type of force or God. It is a complete denial of what really is behind natural forces. For example, the ocean, the great, vast, powerful ocean that can destroy the largest ships that no man can stop. It does not create its own force. There is someone, there is a God behind that. But do we say that the waters are so powerful we will bow to them and worship them? Do we think the same of fire because of its power, because of its destructive nature, because of its beauty even? Idolatry goes a long way. There's a lot of things that it covers. Right now, today, we see in the world this question about global warming climate change, I certainly in this podcast am not getting into any kind of argument about whether that's something that's actually happening. What I can say is that people are starting to move in the direction, or at least it seems to me they're starting to move in the direction of worshiping the land. Because now we say, well, we have to sacrifice certain things to keep climate from changing. We see it when we talk about people encroaching on, you know, wild areas, natural habitats of animals. And we say, okay, the reason why coyotes are coming down from the hills is because we are sprawling out too far. We're building homes and neighborhoods and communities in their territories and they have nowhere else to go, so now they're coming down to us. Almost like, okay, we've got to bow to nature. We've got to give the coyotes the land that is theirs. And we cannot progress as people because we have this natural order that takes precedent over us. But I think that misses the fact that God is in charge, and under him, creation, the earth, the animals, the waters, they're not sovereign over us in any way. If we look at how God created everything, the command to Adam was to subdue the earth. It is not above us. God doesn't prize a tree more than a person. He doesn't hold the life of a coyote as supreme over the life of a man. So this subtle idolatry of creation, of creatures, of anything other than God, is everywhere. And if we really think about it, if we really focus, if we really pay attention, we can see it. Again, this is not to discount any kind of scientific phenomena happening in the world today or that has been happening for a while. I personally believe that there's scriptural support for why all of this is happening if we just go into the Bible and read and let the Spirit reveal the truth to us. But the point is that we are living in a world now where we've created so many kinds of gods, so many kinds of objects of worship, that I'm not sure we can even keep track of them all. And when I read this story about this person who said, we love that tree so much that the man who chopped it down is not worthy of our forgiveness, I thought to myself, wow, that is low. Those are depths to which our hearts certainly can go, but shouldn't. That's a big deal. That's not some innocuous statement. It's not a statement that means nothing. I think the statement is very telling of our fallen humanity and how far we are from God still. My prayer is that those who feel so strongly about things like trees and rocks and coyotes, those who feel so strongly about the oceans and the prairies, would realize that the life of man is more valuable than that, and hopefully that realization leads them to why. Why is person more valuable than a tree. And the answer can only be found in the Lord. Without knowing the truth behind all of this, it is so easy to be deceived, to be led astray. What our prayer is, is that their minds are changed. That at approaching or encountering the opportunity to realize the truth of God, that they would respond correctly Father God, we love you. We love everything that you've made for us. God, your beauty, your majesty is displayed in the greatest things and also the smallest, the things we can't even see with our eyes, God. Father, your beauty is everywhere. Your power is everywhere. Your wisdom is everywhere. Your creativity is everywhere. But Lord, keep us from bowing to and worshiping those things you have created, God. Let that beauty point us to you. We pray for those who've been deceived, we pray for those, God, who are worshiping these false gods and these idols. We ask, Lord, for revelation. We ask, Lord, for an awakening. Lord, specifically for that person who thought, I can't forgive this guy for cutting down that tree. Lord God, we ask for those eyes to be opened, for that heart to be softened, God, and for your spirit to do a mighty work in that person. Father, we love you and we can't wait to see you face to face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good day, and God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of the Sold Out Soul podcast. If you would like to sow financially into the work that we're doing here, please visit soulsrestoredministries.org and click the donate button.